Welcome to the Trinity Radio Podcast. This podcast has a video component found at youtube.com slash Braxton Hunter. This means you might miss some visual aspects of the show, but it shouldn't have a serious negative effect. We'd love it if you'd run over to the YouTube channel real quick and subscribe. And if you enjoy this content, do us a favor. Take a moment to give us a five-star review on iTunes and mention a couple of things you like about the podcast. If you really appreciate the show, you can help make it better and get extra content for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash trinity radio. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Trinity Radio. You found the channel that loves atheists, but we also love other Christians. And today I am excited to uh, introduce you to, some of you already met this person, but uh, someone who really means a lot to me, one of my personal heroes. And I'll introduce him to you uh, in just a moment, let you hear from him. But my pastor is here with us today. And my pastor means a lot to me because when I came to the city that I live in now, Evansville, Indiana, I was looking for uh, a church that was right for me. And there are fewer options than there were in Nashville. Uh, but I found a church that was more appropriate for me and my family, I think, uh, than anything that, that I could have designed for myself. And that has a lot to do with the vision that God placed on Pastor uh, Brett's heart. And I'm just so excited for you to meet him. And so I want to introduce you right now to my pastor, Brett Nicholson. Brett, thanks so much for being here today. Well, you're very welcome. It's hard to know how to follow an introduction like that, though. I'm like, well, well thank you very your, much. Yeah, be your typical awesome self. Typical awesome self. Yeah. See that we need more people like that in our church that really think that way. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so I, I just I'm, I'm excited that you're here, Brett. And um, but right now there, well, first let me just say. Um, we're going to talk about a sensitive subject in just a few minutes, and I think it's going to be really good and beneficial. But um, Pastor Brett's church is a different kind of church in one sense. It is a church that is pushing really hard to uh, have a voice in the online community in a way that is not typical of churches anymore and really be a church for those that don't have a church until they find a local church. And um, apologetics is a big part of that. And I want you to go check out the resources and stuff. And you can do that by going to YouTube and searching for the One Life Network. The One Life Network, you'll see it there with a big red uh, circle with an like what looks like an L or it looks like a clock in it. That's like uh, the One Life logo. And go check that out and listen to these videos, listen to these sermons. But Brett, you're doing other things. Tell us a little bit about One Life Network. Yeah, I think the the main thing we're doing, especially in the YouTube space now, is we've, we're like a lot of churches, we post things on YouTube, but uh, recently we started contextualizing more to YouTube itself and uh, creating content that kind of fits that uh, platform a little, uh, and so we're experimenting with that and doing some shorts and that kind of thing. And then we, we originally called ourselves a network because we are multi-site and we were planning on uh, planting a number of churches. We still are, uh, but we've adjusted our sales a little bit to reach into the social media space kind of thing. So, yeah, 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 well, that's awesome. Well, yeah. go check that channel out and check out the website. But go, when you go to the YouTube channel, since this is a YouTube video right here, listen, Watch a couple of videos, and, and I, I guarantee you that unless um, uh, uh, unless you just have terrible taste in preachers, you're going to love Pastor Brett. 
<laughs> and uh, and even if you're a skeptic, I've, I've, I've said one time in a video it's that you're great. the pastor for skeptics. So if you're a skeptic, check it out, man. And if you like what you see, subscribe to the channel. And that's going to be really and great. And if you don't like it, you obviously have terrible taste in preachers. That's right. I, so I, I, that's, that's a great demonstrate way Demonstrate your good taste in preachers by subscribing today. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so that's awesome. Well, let's jump into this, Brett, because right, right now there is a controversy of sorts. Right? News, I don't know, controversy, maybe not the right word. I don't know. Uh, but um, Matt Chandler, well-known pastor, has a multi-site church. Um, and uh, what was the name of his church? Uh, the Village Church. The Village Church in I Texas, thought, yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's a multi-site church, and you pastor a multi-site church. Um, and, and there are differences in those churches, but in terms of the look and all those kind of things, there are some similarities. And so um, I thought it would be really helpful to get your take on something that's happening right now with him. And in fact, maybe you can explain a bit more, but simply put, um, Matt Chandler uh, has stepped back, I think at least we can say, um, because of an event uh, that has happened in his life where he had had a conversation, a uh, number of conversations, kind of a text-based friendship with a woman um, in his, I guess, or maybe not in the church. Maybe I should let you be telling this, but with a woman and the, it was not sexual. It was not romantic so far as we know. And so far as they say, but uh, both spouses and, and both spouses knew about this. Um, but this has, Something related to this has led to the point now where uh, the leadership at that church, including Matt, have said, maybe you should step back. Maybe I should step back. What what else is there that's important to this story? Yeah, that, that kind of that, that sums it up pretty well. Uh, I, I think... Uh, I think the thing that I was anxious to discuss and, and the reason we're even doing this is because when it, especially when it first happened, it's like, oh boy, here it goes again. You know, there's been a lot of very prominent pastors uh, that have fallen into these kinds of things and it looked like he was going to be another. When you listen closer, that's the big debate right now is, mm -hmm. is uh, have they nipped it in the bud, which it sounds like they might've because it, it wasn't sexual. It was, he was very, I was impressed by the fact that he said his wife knew about this, her husband knew about this. But at the same time, he did note that there were inappropriate things. And sometimes when you say that word, you can fill in a lot of blanks. And I think people are. And, and I, I get it because I'm a little bit this way, too, after so many scandals I've watched, is that we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, what's inappropriate really mean? Are these And, and there, there might be like a time where these texts are revealed for what they said and they'll be made public and, and we'll see inappropriate didn't mean sexual or somehow. And I think everybody's waiting for that. But my biggest, uh, I guess my compassion move was even if it ends up being nothing and they did nip something in the bud, like he kind of says they were, it still raises all those emotions of, oh, boy, you know, pastors, come on. You may break. Yeah, what's wrong, what like. what's wrong with pastors? What's wrong with pastors? Are you people, can't you get your act together? You're the ones that are supposed to be guiding people to have their act together. So yeah. I get it. And so there was I, – I felt like – I, I, I know people in my own congregation, some are, I, I have not been a big Matt Chandler follower, but I know people who have been, they're very uh, impressed by him and he put a lot in their lives. But I know people in my own congregation will struggle and wrestle with that same old thing of how do I cope with this and why should I believe something that, 
is filled with uh, all these guys failing all the time. Is kind yeah, of what it comes down to. You know, Brett, I'll, I'll tell you, when you look at it, uh, first of all, let me just say, there is very much that notion, and we operate on this channel in the worldview community, and just trust me, and you know as well as I do, there are a lot of people that love to talk negatively about pastors out there, and, and it's just... No offense taken, by the way. Right, it's just become a trope. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, reality, the reality is, I've known a lot of pastors. I don't know many people who've known more pastors than me, because for years... 15 years I was traveling and speaking in yeah. churches, different church every week. And the vast majority, the vast majority of those pastors, and maybe they're all good pastors because they're the type that would have me come preach. But, but th those pastors were all good. Uh, for the most part, were good guys. There were, there were a, a couple of guys in the bunch that I worked with that, that I don't know that they were in it for the best reasons, or there was evidence of that. But really, um, you know, the, the, the bad names that are out there, there, there are crummy people in every profession. There are, there, there are uh, maybe I shouldn't say crummy people, people that do crummy things that are police and judges and supermarket attendants and all kinds yeah. of things. And you're gonna find that in the church among pastors as well. But I can say one thing for sure, as I have submitted to your leadership and guidance and in fact on things that are that are pretty private at times with you i i can say to anyone if anyone's looking for a church and you live within 100 miles of evansville uh this pastor has been a man of integrity for me and i i appreciate that but pastors do get a bad rap and i wanted to say something about this though because you, you kind of pointed this out the charitable take is wow uh, there wasn't even anything sexual or romantic. And we hear people all the time saying that men and women in the, in the church should be able to have friendships that are, that are yeah. cautious friendships. Uh, so the charitable take is, wow, the, this church and this guy are just really sensitive to the spirit and don't want to, uh, and, and want to take every precaution to, as you said, nip it in the bud on the, on the other hand, the uncharitable reading of this, and I, it's, I don't want to say that it's wrong if this comes into your mind. It comes into all our minds because, like you say, we've seen this so much, is, okay, what, there's something else going on under the hood, and this is a way to dodge that or hope nobody goes there or, or whatever about that. It's, it's, uh, how, how do you navigate something like that, Pastor? What if I was in your church, which I am, <laughs> oh, but no. let's say, let's say <clears throat> I became a Christian and <clears throat> it was Matt Chandler's ministry was a big part of that. And I came to you and said, I'm, I'm really messed up about this pastor because Matt Chandler really meant a lot to me. He's kind of like a hero in the faith. I, everything's kind of thrown into question, like you said. Sure. And, and, and some of that, it, it is deserved. I mean, the Bible does say those who teach should or be judged more strictly. And, and the more I've taught, the more I understand that that is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. And so the very first thing, and I, I we did a message on this about this time last year. And so I delved into it pretty deep because I was personally deeply hurt by the Ravi Zacharias thing and coming out of that. Mm -hmm. But so my first coaching is, is compassion that I, if if you have that happen to you, <clears throat> because I've seen it happen very publicly, but I've also had that happen in my own life, you know, uh, privately uh, with good friends of mine. One mentor of mine that I looked up to majorly uh, fell in that way. And, and so all the hurt that goes through that, the disillusionment, the first thing you just have to say is, I get it. I understand. That is extremely disappointing and frustrating because while like you said there are people in every profession that do all these you know that mess up morally and all these things well the difference is is the pastor is the one that's you know preaching away and trying to hold a standard trying to articulate a standard to people and so when 
they don't live that standard, that messes up a whole lot of things. And it's very, very understandable. So that's where I would start is just let people, you know, puke it all out, you know, because I, I get it and I understand because I have been there. I love and, that yeah. because because I think what everybody expects you to say at a moment like that is, well, because we stand on the word of God and Jesus and it doesn't matter about what a man says. It matters what God says. <laughs> but that's not what you did. You said, no, it, it, validate what they're saying. Yeah. And uh, I think I think one of the points I made the message then was was, well, that's because I've heard that is the thing. Well, we don't look at man. Well, here's the problem with that argument. Uh, it's true on one hand, but it's not true on the other because Jesus was the one who handed his ministry to people. He had his apostles, and and, they, and then he t- told them to make disciples of those and, and passed it on. It's the message comes through people. It really does. And so we do look at man. We can't help it. There's no avoiding it. None of us has a true audience just with God in the purest sense. We are. We listen to teachers. We're told to do that. We're, we're told by the Bible to, to make sure that we're connected and we, we're listening to preachers and teachers and, and elders and authority figures and all that. So on one hand, yeah, I get what people are saying. Well, don't look at men. <laughs> But on the other hand, I'm thinking, well, it's completely unavoidable. And it was Jesus' idea. He's yeah. the one that handed it. So we can't just kind of get an easy out, in my right. view, uh, of just saying, well, it's all about Jesus ultimately anyway. Well, Jesus is calling these. He's called me. And if I let down people, hey, I've let them down and I've hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's true because that when we, when we come out of, when you have a, someone who means a lot to you like that, like think about this. When I was a kid growing up, I happened to have really good parents that, that really did, you know, did me right and raised me right. And all those kind of, I think so. I think I'm, I'm okay now. And they raised me well and, and all those kind of things. And so I really feel like I won the lottery with my parents. And if I ever felt like, and, and so not everyone has this sort of an experience and my, and, and my heart goes out. I can't uh, even fathom what it's like for some people with some situations, but in my situation, um, that my, my parents, I, I, I um, completely forgot what I was going to say about that. <laughs> you have great parents and they did a great job. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's where you were going with it. Oh, that. I know. So, so if I ever pastor, thought that, so that's important. man, you saved me there. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, but if I ever thought it's something that my parents did something, it was kind of okay for me to do it. Even though I knew yep. about, about the Bible and I knew about God, and I knew about Christianity, I knew all that mm-hmm. stuff. If, if my parent, if I knew that my dad had ever done it, it was kind of like, well, he did it and he's all right. And he's now, he loves Jesus and all that. So I can, I can sure, kind of yeah. get away with it too. And of course, that's the downside of, of having heroes is they can let you down and you can't mm-hmm. think that way. Yeah. Uh, your eyes still have to be on Jesus. But, um, you know, Paul even said things that, that sound like this, you know, the, sure, the, the yeah. reality it, is, hey, the, these people are in front of you. This is a community religion in a sense um, that we, we rely on each other and help each other. Absolutely. Yeah. But we and, and we all have people like that in our lives, whether it was a coach we were growing up with or a teacher or a parent or uh, and it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be where I'm looking to you. I assume you know more. You're an authority in my life. Mm-hmm. You're someone who. I can model myself after and should be able to relatively safely. And I need to know and keep in mind that, yeah, you're not perfect, but we all have people like that in my life. I have a whole list of people that I have been able to model after and watch them, and they've been reliable sources a lot more than have fallen. So that is a part of the package. And so we can't just kind of throw that to the side and say it doesn't matter because it absolutely matters. It matters a whole lot. Uh, I think that's why God was so angry with David, because David was such an example to so Mm. many for so long. But then he fell. And that it's one of the things that I've learned, if I haven't learned anything else from church ministry, especially, is that your sin is never solo. 
your sin, and even if you're not the pastor, everybody's sin affects so many other things than they than they realize, and mm-hmm. and has this uh, uh, this sort of domino effect that happens throughout the church. And and I've dealt with a lot of those kinds of situations, and that's one of the things that grieves me so much. Before you really step out and do one of those things, it's just really affects your reputation. You're not just talking about you. You're talking about your kids. You're talking about your spouse. You're talking about other people in the public. Your reputation, because I've watched this with non-pastors who are just respected as godly people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're they're good, faithful people that have fallen, and the fallout is is very very significant and very yeah. uh, hurtful. <clears throat> David, you know, I think about David. Uh, you're talking about he's my favorite Bible character aside from Jesus. I oh think. yeah, that, and you know you have to say Jesus, right? Jesus, is my favorite. You better but, believe it. Yeah. But David is just so awesome, and the story of David and his life is just so amazing. But you're right. After his sin, uh, his notable sin with Bathsheba, it seems like he never had the sheen on his ministry that he once had. And when it came to his children, it seems that he lost a sense of moral authority. When, mm-hmm. For those that know the story of what happened with his children, there are moments where we expect David to step in, but it's like something yeah. wasn't the same anymore. And uh, so it has, so even in his own personal family, obviously it had corporate, yeah, you know, large scale. That's, that's really something. So, um, so where do we go next with this? Matt Chandler, uh, I think that you, they said that this was, they looked into this, they, they, they looked through everything, and uh, they agreed that there was nothing. We have more eyeballs than just Matt saying that it wasn't sexual and not romantic. Right, right? yeah, and, and that's what they did right. Uh, even though I know that it's kind of crawling around online that there are a lot of people, understandably, because we just have gotten skeptical, uh, mm-hmm. that – there's going to be more, but there may not be. And right now at face value, he had a body of elders and what they did right was, and that other places haven't all the time is there's a larger group of people that are around him and have their eyes on this. And that includes his wife and the other spouse as well. I'd be really curious to know what she has to say about it because that would, that would reveal as much as anything. But where we go from here is to watch them deal with this. And, and I've been a part of boards. I've been on church boards and on other organization boards that have had to deal with these similar things, far worse situations. And, uh, and I can tell you, uh, it ain't fun, uh, for one thing. And, and it's, and it's like trying to figure out which wire to cut that doesn't set off the bomb. That, that's that's kind of mm-hmm. what it feels like when yeah. you're in that position and you're just trying to navigate something without hurting a lot of people, a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I look at this and I kind of think to myself, and maybe this is where we kind of get into the question of how, how should we function as believers right. when it comes to brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. For example, there's something in me that says, if I'm arranging for a woman uh, apologist, let's say, to come on my show, as has happened, I, I may DM her. I may I may send a private message, just, hey, here's the link. Hey, uh, hey, what do you want to talk about? Those kind of things. And I don't feel any conviction. I don't think I'm doing anything really appropriate. Maybe I should be doing something else even there, like tag my wife in on that kind of thing or something. Right. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's good. But 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 if I were to have an ongoing, an ongoing series of conversations with a woman that I enjoy, that I really enjoyed. And the conversations got casual, not, I don't mean casual in the sense that we're saying inappropriate things like people usually think of when you say the word inappropriate, but, but rather more like, um, we just, we're talking about TV shows and maybe I say words like crap where I wouldn't normally, you know, it gets kind of casual (laughs) and in that sort of a sense, I think I would start to feel a little uneasy about the familiarity there. Yeah. And and rightly so the, the, the best coaching, I think this brings up a couple of things. The best coaching I ever received 
for older guys that I worked with that when I was coming up in a church and it was a, a fellow pastor, they quoted the passage that says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. And I, that rings in my ears. They used to mm. say it all the time because they experienced the same thing. They watch a lot of people fall. And they said it was due to the fact that oftentimes when you're just walking the walk and you're doing the thing, you don't think you would. It's hard to envision. You're, I would never do that. If you think that, you're in danger. Instead, assume you can. Assume you're just as capable as David or, or Matt Chandler or Robbie Zacharias or whoever. You're just as vulnerable, and that way you will be vigilant to watch how you're living your life, and you will set up barriers against that. Even if I call them, in, with our staff, we call them the stupid rules. Because on, on one hand, they sound stupid, and they feel stupid, especially when you don't you think, I would never do anything like that. Well, make it where it's almost impossible in your life you could. Mm -hmm. That's why my wife and I, we had the rule called veto power. Veto power is she can look at any relationship in my life with another woman and say, that one makes me uncomfortable. Veto. They're gone. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're, they're out. <laughs> Sorry. That, that, we, we say that. She can look at my phone. Wait, 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 what does that mean? What does that mean? They're veto. They're out. They're out. They, they, yeah, I, they're cut off. Now, I've never had to do it. You but, mean like you can't talk the, to this person anymore? You're not going to be talking to her anymore. She's out of your life. She's gone. She's done. She burned to the ground, man. It's, it's, wow. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah. That, that's, but she has that power because if she gets uncomfortable with the relationship, because I've watched situations many times where wives were getting uncomfortable with relationships but thought well it wouldn't be right for me to step in i'm sure it's fine blah 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 and then sure enough later on there's this effect where before you know it people have affairs and because one of the main reasons people have affairs is because of proximity they happen in the workplace all the time and not just at churches i've seen this happen i can think of one business in our area where it felt like it was the affair factory and the reason is because that when you are in a work environment, you're interested in the same things, you're, you're vital, you're dressed right, you smell right, you're cleaned up, you're doing all these things, and you're with people in an environment that you're energetic and you like. And, and I heard one person say who had an emotional affair one time. She said, what I realized is that the guy I had this emotional affair with, he was in my work, he was at a complete advantage against my husband. My husband, I had seen him in the middle of the night with a crying baby. I had seen him with puke on his shoulder. I'd seen him with his hair all messed up and his breath smelling bad and everything. I'd seen yeah. him in every way of life. When you're working with people, you're seeing them at their best. You know, yeah. they're all dressed up and nice. So you have to guard against those things and set those things up. And so, yeah, the veto power thing, she can look at my phone anytime, anywhere, see what kind of conversation. Do you have veto power too? Probably not. <laughs> it's never come up as a problem. It's, it's never come up as a concern. problem. No, uh, actually, technically, I do. It's yeah. a little hard to. Yeah. Uh, but she's out in the workplace too, and so yeah, I, I, I do yeah. theoretically. So, but those kinds of rules get to the proximity thing because if you read David's story, he it's very famously said that he kings were away at war, his army was away at war, everybody was away, and this is the days before Netflix and YouTube. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what did he have to do? He, he was just kind of wandering around, and he had several wives. Maybe he was tired of them or whatever he was, and he, he was wandering. He didn't have anything to do. So literally those kinds of things uh, are one of the main reasons people get involved in that. So I say all that to say uh, oftentimes what you'll find is the, the guard gets let down, and that's what happened to Matt Chandler. And I think they stepped in. What they probably did, if what they're saying is true and there's not another shoe to drop, I think what happened is they really did a good job, in my opinion, 
of heading something off at the pass that could have gone somewhere else. If they were being a little overly familiar and inappropriate, usually can at least snowball into something else. Let's let's say it. Are, do you think that's probably what's going on here? It, it, that that what that that it is what it appears face, to be. Think? Yeah, I'm going to go with that now. But listen, I've been through so much of this kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm holding my skepticism, right. I, 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 so I'm not going to be blown out of the water if, if right. something else, if yeah. another shoe does drop, I'm not going to be, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, ah, okay. Because I have developed a kind of, uh, every now and then with my staff, I'll say, you know, no, I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why the stupid rules, you, I, I, I yeah. don't trust that you're going to do that. I don't trust me. You don't trust me. Yeah, I that's don't what trust I was anybody I don't trust when it me. comes to this because I've seen too many, I, some of my best friends, mentors, too many go down that that path um so do things that offset it so mm -hmm. i'm going to go with the best case scenario now i yeah i would buy it because he said some things i think were interesting number one he talked about his wife knew about it um number two her husband and and finally the, the that the that the elders read through it and what they said it's a little hard to imagine even as popular as he is and as famous as he is that a group of guys would all look at content on a text and if there was truly sexual stuff on there they mm. wouldn't say it i would yeah. be now i would be shocked because they're attaching their names to this now. you better believe it yeah, yeah. And, and no one knows their names and so they <laughs> uh, i can't imagine them doing that and having been on boards where there's been serious accusations leveled and all that for the most part you don't do that mm -hmm. is my mm -hmm. been my experience anyway yeah well th that's awesome what is there anything else you think we should note about this i think uh, what I would say is, as you're processing what's happening with pastors, there's a couple things I think are worth pointing out. Not to give excuses. I don't excuse any of this stuff. But people wonder, okay, what is it with pastors? Why do they keep falling? One, you're, you're going to read about them before you read about the local store manager just because of the nature of their thing. But there is a unique um, thing that I think happens in pastors' lives that doesn't happen in the average person's life. And that's spiritual vulnerability. Uh, mm. We talk about a lot about, about abuse of power, things like that. Mm -hmm. Spiritual vulnerability, what I mean by that is, and I noticed this early on in my pastoral career, women would show up and say, my husband's a jerk. My husband's, I mean, they'd start running their husband in the ground <laughs> because they don't come to talk to me about their marriage unless it's bad. And they list mm -hmm. off all the reasons he's bad. And, and then you can tell that you're kind of the model good. You, mm. he's not like you he's not even in church he, he you know he didn't believe the Bible. he didn't do any of these things he he becomes they can get to the point where uh, they're viewing their husband as the ultimate negative and they can easily put you in the place of the ultimate positive or the, what they're comparing to and i was warned about that earlier i was like whoa that really does happen and it can make women very vulnerable and it can also make pastors very vulnerable because he can step in and be the hero. do you think it can happen so, to unattractive pastors <laughs> I think it probably can. I think it. I think it happens to people who are viewed as tr trustworthy, yeah, uh, solid, respectable people. Yeah. When they perceive themselves as being married to someone who's not being those things at all, a lot of times they are. I mean, I've talked to women mm -hmm. who are physically abused and stuff, and and what happens is that vulnerability is there and. Pastors could be lured into 
uh, getting too involved. Uh, I, I have a rule. I, don't, I just don't get that involved. I'll, I'll listen to you a couple times, but I'll try to send you somewhere else. Because if you get too involved in the situation, that's where the emotions can kick in. Well, you know, I think the reason I say that, uh, do, you, do you think it can happen to unattractive pastors? <laughs> I didn't Aside, know you were joking. Or as, I was joking, but as I think about it, it's actually an important thing because I grew up kind of the doughy kid that, that never thought a girl was, was interested. Right. You know, and, and I think pastors could feel that way, especially some of the pastors I've known who aren't that attractive. They might think <laughs> nobody would ever. It's it's inconceivable. <laughs> no, there you go. No, you're, you awesome. need to be yeah, in the that, pastor's this, GQ. This is an interesting twist on this it conversation. Is a twist. Yeah. Well, you were just on a thumbnail recently yeah. with Brad Pitt. So I was. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and holding your own. But but, you know, I think uh, I I think I. Uh, have seen that in myself is the, is the notion that, that I don't, I don't even notice that a woman might be flirting. My wife has to tell me she's flirting with you because I find it inconceivable that anyone would flirt with me. Oh yeah. I've, and, I've had and that so, before. Yeah. and so a pastor for sure, who has women in that situation, he might think when things are much more obviously flirting of some sort, um, or some sort of an advance, he might think, well, I'm, she's just being affectionate because I'm her pastor, you know, right. or something like that. Yeah, and, and I have seen that. I yeah. mean, the, my wife will have to say, I think she was kind of flirting with you. I'm like, what? Yeah. But do women do that? I mean, have you seen me? There, there's a little bit of, yeah, that, right. that can happen. And I'll tell you, that when I was you. pastoring, my wife did tell me uh, certain women in our church, you can't hug them. She never yeah. vetoed anything, but she'd yeah. say, yeah, and I always did you the side hug, hug sure. side hug anyway, yeah. but there were some people that just come in for, for the full on hug, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it ain't right. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's, that's so, true. all right, well, this has been awesome. Pastor Brett, I'll tell you, I, I admire you so much. And even just this past Sunday, um, pastor Brett was, Hey, they could probably see this online. Couldn't they? I don't know if they show the worship. I part, think it's but, online. It depends yeah. on you, oh, okay. yeah. The pastor said, Brett yeah, plays, plays bass guitar. It, with the band, we have like three or ten bands or something at One Life. But the what, the band that was playing on uh, on this past Sunday, you played with them the bass guitar. And yeah. I leaned over to my daughter, my teenage daughter, and I was like, "Look at Pastor Brett, man! He's killing it. He's tearing it up." And you did, and then you preached an awesome message. People should go check it out. And actually, the one from the week before was 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 about worldview type stuff directly, like about apologetics type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, we did so. some of that, I and mean, we 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 unfold that in uh, pretty often. You know, yeah. So. Well, that's one of the things I love about it. Everybody here on this channel knows I'm a big U2 fan, and uh, I also love apologetics. So when we first moved here, Pastor Brett was at a different church then, but he was leading the service at that other church, uh, one of the services. And my wife went first, and she called me, and she said, um, I think I found the church for us. And I said, why? What happened? She said, I went to this church, and she named the church, and she said, they were playing Beautiful Day by U2 as you walked in, not as part of the worship, but as you come in, and that's my favorite band. And then she said they, the, uh, uh, Josh McDowell, I think, was speaking there that day. Oh, that's right. And yeah. so I was, <laughs> so she's yeah. like, this has got to be your child. I was like, let's, can I join let's go. That's right. without ever attending? Checked uh, all the boxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then when I met you, like I've said this many times before, you're sick of hearing me saying it, but like the first time I heard Pastor Brett preach, I thought that's the one of the greatest sermons I've ever heard. He'll never do better than that. And the next week it was better. And the next week it was better. And the next week it was better. And I've always <laughs> felt that way. And, and listen, uh, I hope that people who don't have a pastor might look at your your church, even though you're not living in Evansville and say, I I'm going to treat that like I'm, I'm going to listen to that pastor. Now, I'm not saying if you're a Christian and you're and you should be in a local church, yep. if you can be a part of one, I'm not saying don't do that. But it, but if you're perhaps a skeptic or you're on the fence or you're you still don't know what to do after COVID, listen to um, our pastor. I think you're going to be impressed. Brett, any parting words? Well, I 
like I said, it's hard to follow that. But I, I do hope people will take advantage of that because I know that's kind of how we dip our toe in the water uh, in spiritual things is, is through YouTube and things like that. And that's why we want to be more sensitive to it and, and provide that uh, through what we're doing. And we're hoping to do a little bit different formatted kinds of things, again, contextualized to YouTube. But when it comes to this whole thing, whether it's Matt Chandler or whatever happened to him, uh, to, to Braxton's point, there I do know of a whole, whole lot of people that are the real deal. And I know people who have been the real deal and they fall. It doesn't mean they weren't the real deal. It just means they fell. And I've watched people be restored. I've watched people go off the rails. It does happen. There's reasons why it happens. But I can also promise you behind the scenes, <laughs> there are people who are working overtime to honor God and to honor people and love them. I've been in a lot of these situations. It really does. Uh, it. it it really does happen that way where there's sincere things going on and that the, 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 the faith itself uh, can be stood on and try to be lived out. So I think that's very important. All right. Well, we're going to, you're going to see more of pastor Brett, even if you don't go to his YouTube channel, cause I'm going to shove him onto your screen one way or the other. Cause I think this is the pastor for skeptics. I believe he's the pastor for Christians, but he's definitely the pastor for skeptics as well. In my opinion, uh, listen, I'm glad that you showed up. And if you made it all the way to the end, that means that you get a gold star. But I can't give one to you because this is the internet. But what I can do is give you a whole bunch of free stuff. E-books, e um, uh, seminary level courses. Uh, I think we've even got an original uh, song from Jonathan Pritchett from back in the days that he was in a new metal band that was a Christian new metal band called Perseverance of the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll hear Dr. Pritchett rapping I did not know this. on the on the on the track. I think we have that in there. Band that has rapping. Wow. Yeah. Hey, There's even a free some... audiobook download of my book Letters from Ignorantia as well as a lot of my other books in in ebook form. So, listen, you check that out at patreon.com/trinityradio and uh, also check us out at trinitysem trinitysem.edu if you'd like to study from your home and earn a degree in something related to the sorts of things we talk about here. But listen, it's been a joy to have you and we'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.